0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Duty Podcast.
1: This is episode 30 or 31. I'm Piers. I'm Maggie. And today we're talking about burnout.
0: We are. And fittingly, we realized the date as we were sitting down. It is March 13th, which is... The 20, 2023. 2023, which is the three-year anniversary of the shutdown.
1: And that's kind of the reason why we thought about talking about burnout was... The last time I really, truly felt like rock bottom burnout was teaching online, teaching yeah. during the pandemic.
0: Yeah. When we thought, you know, three years ago today, we were told, oh, you might be teaching online for a week or two, you yeah. know, and then we basically reinvented education.
1: You said, I remember, you know, we have two weeks off yeah. and we're going to try teaching at home and we're kind of like, all right, this is sweet. We're all going to work together. Uh-huh. You know, I remember explaining and making a video for the kids that we're, remember we're flattening the curve.
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, it was all about like, okay, we need to flatten the curve. So we're going to go home for two weeks. Yep. And then we were at home for, you know, a year and change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we thought, you know, it was going to be fun and sometimes exciting to like, oh, wow, this is going to be challenging, but we're trying something brand new in education. And, you know, I certainly wasn't anticipating cameras off and silence and blank screens. You know, it was, it was a lot.
1: Yeah. And just generally, you know. Lighting the candle on both ends mm-hmm. Is that right? That's not the right
0: Burning the candle Burning the yeah, candle on
1: both ends When yeah. you're waking up early you're You're teaching on Zoom the whole day And then yeah. you're at home rewriting lessons for the next day Yeah, yeah So burnout's our topic for today Yeah We're going to go in three sections Where we're going to talk about what it is mm-hmm. How it happens And then how you can avoid it Or what you can do if you're currently feeling burned out
0: Yeah, yeah What you can do if you're currently in it And then what you can do to try and avoid it again in the future
1: And we're not Mental health professionals. We're just a couple of teachers, but we've experienced burnout. We know a whole bunch of teachers who have also experienced burnout. So this is coming from our perspective. Yeah. Let's define it.
0: Oh, man. Okay. I think of burnout as being very exhausted um, in many ways, right? Like physically, emotionally, just drained. But also there's another level to it. It's more than just exhaustion. It's that you are lacking something. Like you're lacking appreciation or validation, progress, something that makes you feel good is is not there.
1: Like you're not feeling heard. And yes, yeah, you're you're feeling undervalued. You're certainly not feeling appreciated.
0: Exactly. And
1: teaching is one of those jobs that has high degrees of burnout, mm-hmm. just like social workers, just like healthcare workers. You know, anytime you Google what are the top jobs with the most burnout, yeah. those are the three that come up most often. Yeah. And they're people facing jobs where the other person on the other side of the, you know, the transaction or the equation, mm-hmm. they're better off the harder that you work. Yes. You know, if you're a healthcare worker, the harder that I work, the better the quality of care the other person on the other side of the table gets. Yeah. So, we're we're serving it, others. Yeah. Right. You're serving others. It asks a lot of you. And... I think that's where the whole term and the whole idea of burnout comes from is, I have literally burned myself out to help you. Maybe there's nobody helping me right now. And then you get the like, well, take care of yourself. You know, you should be helping yourself.
0: Yes, that's exactly what you made me think of when you were saying that. It's like, it's such a job of, of service and care for others that I think, you know, a lot of the times we say students first, which is right and valid, but that often can translate into teacher last, right? you know, and it, 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 that can be a really hard balance to try and strike where you're, you're there for your kids. You're putting them first, you're serving them and you're feeling good and caring for yourself. And it's, it's hard to do that, especially in certain, you know, circumstances like coming out of a panini.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I love the, the different tropes that go with it. Like, you know, Take care of yourself. Make Ugh. sure you put on your oxygen mask first before helping somebody else.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. <laughs> all,
1: all of the advice is certainly well intentioned. And of we're not course. trying to knock anybody here, but we're just, when we talk about the idea of burnout, it happens for a reason. It happens because in a job like teaching, there are so many people that expect you to put everything that you have out there. Mm-hmm. And it might be parents, it might be kids, it might be the school, it might be other coworkers. But there is this idea that they will be better off, the kids will be better off mm-hmm. if you just work harder and if you put in more effort. Yeah, and you know, to a degree, that is true. But if you're putting yourself out there so much that you can't recover, mm-hmm. then long term, it's going to be detrimental.
0: And in addition to you know, you just said like it could be the school or parents or kids. It could also be yourself. I know one of the times that I got burnt out as an, a new teacher. Was 100% because of the pressures I was putting on myself to do more and be better. And any type of misstep, I, I didn't see it as part of life. I saw it as a failure on my part, and then just took that as sort of feedback for myself that I needed to be better and and work harder. And not realizing that, hey, th- that's going to happen. Like these mistakes are going to happen. Kids are going to fail. Kids are going to struggle. That does not mean you're a bad teacher. Maybe it's feedback that you could do something differently, but you don't need to burn yourself out to try and make sure it never happens again, you know?
1: Right. It's hard. It doesn't mean that you have to take it super personally. Mm -hmm. Like, it is feedback, but with all of these things, it doesn't mean that there's anything actually wrong with you. Right. And I think it was during the pandemic that I learned of the term burnout, Mm. because once you understand and once you can label something, then you know what to Google, and then you can look for ways to fix it. Yes. But... I remember feeling burnt out but not knowing what it meant. But you're right. You're emotionally and physically exhausted mm-hmm. and you don't really feel like you're getting the recognition that you deserve for, you know, the extra effort that you're putting in.
0: Yeah, you feel down, you feel frustrated and I think the nature of burnout is that it's it's very cyclical, which can become super difficult to get out of. You know, it's like you start to feel exhausted because You're doing so much and then you're hard on yourself when something doesn't go well and so you think that you should be doing more and then maybe you get outside messaging or pressures that you could do things a little bit differently or at a slightly higher level and it it can just become like really perpetual without you even realizing it sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think once you notice that you are burnt out, it means that you have been burnt out for at least a couple of days, possibly a couple of weeks Sure Where you are in this repetitive cycle of help others But you don't get the chance to help yourself Yeah Or I've seen it as you put all your effort in at school And then you come home mm-hmm. and you don't have the energy to do the things you know you're supposed to Like Go for a run or Mm -hmm. do some yoga or, you know, even just go for a walk. All you want to do is sit on the couch because you're tired and play on your phone or watch Netflix or have a glass of wine. And you get that short, you know, quick reward, but it doesn't actually improve the cycle.
0: No. And it can sometimes, and I'm speaking from the eye perspective here, it can sometimes make the cycle even worse because then you're not doing anything to keep yourself steady and keep those good chemicals going For long right it's like so quick it's for an hour or two max right whereas I know that if I start working out regularly I'm gonna get those chemicals all the time you know or if you go to the dog park or you're an extrovert and you go have coffee with a friend whatever it is it can be really hard to do those things
1: you know that's the thing that you're supposed to do but you really you don't have the energy for it right and that's how you get in that in that cycle of burnout is yeah, you push yourself and then you get the quick boost at home. Yeah. But it doesn't actually fix the cycle or it doesn't actually close the cycle or your cycle doesn't have any good parts yeah. to it. Whereas if you are working really hard at school, but then, you know, you can go to a spin class in the afternoon. Mm. That gives you momentum to go back into the next day and then you go to the spin class the next day. Yeah. And your cycle continues, but there's some positivity in there that rejuvenates and recharges you.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of like those signs at the beach about riptides, you know, or if you've seen those videos, like if you get caught in a riptide, right, where basically you're getting kind of pulled out, out, out to, to sea. sea, yeah. Um, what you're not supposed to do is swim against the current. You're going to get exhausted and, and not you're not stronger than the water, right? What you're supposed to do is try and go sort of perpendicular and like swim parallel to the beach to actually swim out of the riptide. And I feel like that's kind of what it's like when you're in that cycle of burnout is you need to truly change your actions and like recognize, oh my gosh, I'm in burnout. I'm burned out. And recognize your habits, both mental, like your thought patterns and physical, what do you do when you get home from work and make some very like intentional changes. And it, from my experience, you know, when I recognized burnout and I think we all get exhausted, but I feel like I can recognize twice in my career where I was truly burned out, like bad. And I really did start feeling better very quickly after I recognized it and changed things up. And then by the end of like a week of actively having different habits, it you really do, you do get out of the cycle. Like you really do. There's hope.
1: <laughs> there, there's hope. Yeah. And you know that it, it's going to happen again. And Mm -hmm. it happens again because, you know, it's a hard job to have. Yeah. So let's talk about some ways that, you know, if you are currently burned out or if you feel like it's coming, what can you do to avoid it? So Mm -hmm. what are some strategies that you have?
0: Well, I think just recognizing it, naming it, like you said, putting language to it, normalizing it that you're not. Weird, you're not a bad teacher.
1: There's nothing wrong with There's you. There's nothing
0: wrong with you. And hopefully having someone at your school that you can talk to. Hopefully, I mean, those good coworkers are priceless. Right. Um, but hopefully you have someone on your administrative team that you can say just really openly, I'm feeling burned out and I I don't right now wanna be told You know, take take care care of yourself, yourself. Um, you know, if if you built relationships, I, I just want you to know that and recognize it because I think that having very genuine recognition and praise and acknowledgement from admin, for me at least, goes a long way. Part of burnout for me is when I'm busting my butt and no one takes a second look to say, hey, wow, good job.
1: Right. It's always well intentioned to say, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Totally. But- You want someone to just kind of be in the boat with you when you're saying like, hey, I feel burnt out right now. You just want to be able to say that to someone so they recognize your effort and they recognize like, hey, you're struggling a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily just going to throw out solutions for you, but Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that I see you as a person and that I hear you. And I think that's a big part of burnout is just. Feeling unheard Or feeling like You're going through it alone Yeah. But if you have those Amazing teammates Or a great administrator To be able to sit down And say to them Like look I'm struggling mm-hmm. But I'm not necessarily Looking for Solutions right now I know that I need solutions But I just want to be able To tell somebody That I currently feel Burnt out
0: Yeah I just want you to know
1: I just want you to know And then Maybe you can help Guide me through You know Understanding what you know what have I done that's led me to this point where I do feel burnt out mm. and maybe there's something that you can take off the table maybe there's a way to reframe you know my thinking about something yeah but just bringing somebody into the conversation I think is the best most important thing that you can do when you know you feel burnt out it's just to say to somebody like yo I'm burnt I'm out struggling right now. yeah I'm struggling like yeah. what do you do when you're burnt out and someone will probably tell you like oh i go for a run i run 6 miles like i'm not going running
0: <laughs> not like, yet at least not
1: yet but maybe i can go for a walk right like at least right. recognize that other people have coping mechanisms that i can try myself and yep. that you know you're not in this pit of despair
0: right and i think it's super helpful for me and i know that like the idea of sub plans makes teachers bristle but hear me out. I think it's really important to have a reset day. Sick days count for mental health as well as physical health. No one would bat an eye at you calling in sick if you had the flu. It should be the same and you should just tell yourself it's going to be the same if you call in sick because you need a day of rest. Take a reset day. Spend $3 on TPT to buy a full day of sub plans so that you don't need to spend three hours writing them. And then... Let go. Let go. They, they won't learn as much as they would with you, but they will be okay. They it, will. And then you can kind of start to build up these good habits, you know?
1: Right. Take the reset day. And yeah, we all hear that it's much more work to create sub plans than it is, you know, you'd rather just go in. Mm, I know. And, and, you know, push through the slop and get through it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, spend the $3, spend the $5, find the sub plan. Yep. And send it off and know that Yeah, the kids are going to be fine. Mm -hmm. The school's not going to burn down. The lesson isn't going to be as high quality as it would be if you were there. Yeah. But can you get 80% of the way with, you know, 20% of the time Mm -hmm. and the effort and then try and just let it go?
0: And can you start to get out of this cycle? You know, if you take a day and it's different than when it's a weekend. If you take a school day off and you say, okay, I am going to clean out my fridge and go to the grocery store and get some good food and meal plan for myself a little bit and go for a walk and just do things that make you feel good and fulfilled and like human again.
1: (laughs) Just have a little self-care day.
0: Yeah, that's so much better than, like you said, pushing through the slop and then the next time you are with your kids, imagine how good that lesson's going to be. You know, when you truly take care of yourself, and I think this is where that trope comes from, when you genuinely take care of yourself, Your kids win too
1: Right It's so much easier To give advice When you're not going through it Mm. And to tell somebody Like Yeah You should go do something for you You should take a day off Yeah If you're going through burnout It's not really what you want to hear Like sometimes you maybe Just want the sympathy for it Right But If you can look A little bit past that Initial reaction That Mm -hmm. That gut feeling of just saying Like I just want to be heard right now then you can say all right now maybe i can take you know a step to fix it i've been heard i've sat down with somebody now i'm going to go on tpt and find a sub plan then i'm going to go to the grocery store and get myself my favorite treats and get some healthy food and then just rebuild and reset for the next day
0: exactly and i oh go ahead
1: no i was thinking we know (laughs) three-day weekends are everything yes because it can feel like a five-day week. You know, we get in the cycles of the year where you just have five-day week after five-day week. Like, you might have four mm-hmm. five-day weeks in a row mm-hmm. before you have a three-day weekend. That's when I feel like the burnout really comes in. Yep. Try and find, like, try and take the Wednesday off. Just like a yeah. midweek day off.
0: Feels so indulgent.
1: It does. <laughs> what else? I cut you off. What were you going to say?
0: Oh, no. I was thinking another thing about that you could do, you know, if you take a mental health day or just in general like you said, once you get past the point of like, I just want to feel seen and heard, I think it's really helpful to take stock of your habits and really kind of be real with yourself. Like, what am I doing during the day? What am I doing after school? Even like, what am I thinking? You know, like your mental habits. Am I starting to get into habits of assuming the worst and Judging the PD before it's even started, you know, and all these things that don't actually do you any good. They don't serve you and they can be really energy sapping, which I think can sort of feed into that negative feeling and that exhaustion that can, you know, kind of push you back into that cycle.
1: I remember it was one of those, you know, the calm app. And it was one of those, you know, mindfulness meditations where it was try and be judgment free Mm. and to just, you know, yeah, you walk into that PD And maybe the last three or four PDs, someone who's not a teacher anymore, some consultant or some specialist is telling you how to do your job. Mm -hmm. But you're required to be there. You're sitting there and you can get really negative really fast if you're approaching burnout. Yep, And that doesn't help.
0: It doesn't.
1: If it's the worst part about all of this is you do have to do the things that you know that you are supposed to do Mm -hmm. like you know that you're not supposed to check your phone first thing in the morning Yep. and you know you're not supposed to have negative self-talk and you know that you're not supposed to put judgment on someone else's presentation during professional development because they're just doing their job Yep. it does affect you but if you start saying like why is this person telling me how to do my job that's not nearly as productive or helpful as if you sit there and you say all right, I recognize that this person is doing the best that they can and I'm going to play a little teacher coach in my head right now. You know, Did they have an objective? Are they asking checks for understanding? Do they have a piece of paper that I can write down my notes for me? Like I can actively think about pedagogy and teaching while this person who's not a teacher is up there running this professional development. And it's that mindset shift of saying, I am in control of my own outcomes. Mm -hmm. I am trying not to put judgment on it. Uh, And I am recognizing that the only way to move forward is to, you know, follow the same advice that we always hear, but you have to try and do it.
0: You do, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes, you know? And I think, too, that I really try—this is another, like, trope, but it's true— I really try to assume the best, and instead of getting frustrated with someone's, you know, subpar lesson, Just realize that they have a job, too. They're trying to do their job. They have certain demands that they have to meet, you know, and not putting all this judgment on it. I mean, maybe, you know, if it's stuff you already know, can you grade something quietly off to the side or can you maybe, maybe you can't be on a device but you can brainstorm your grocery list. I don't yeah. know, like maybe you can do something so that you're not spinning wildly out of control on all the negatives.
1: Right. Okay. So yeah, those are a couple definitely, you know, things that teachers can do to help with burnout. A mindset thing is a big thing yep. that, you know, assuming positive intent with all of your interactions. Mm-hmm. What else you got?
0: I have... A couple, like, smaller in-class ones. Oh, and then I made a note, too. I think another reason that we can feel burnout and something just to be aware of, I actually haven't had a lot of success in fixing this, but being aware of it, like you said, putting a name to it has helped me a ton. It's just compassion fatigue.
1: Oh, I remember. Yeah. What is compassion fatigue?
0: Well, I mean, we work with so many young humans that have their own issues and needs and struggles and it's like when you hear that over and over and you're trying to help over and over you it's so exhausting because every single time you hear something negative or hard that a young person's experiencing I feel that you know and it's almost like it's like secondhand happening to me but you need to be the strong supportive calm adult and you do that multiple times a day for weeks or months and It's, it can be really draining.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's exactly what the label is. Like you are fatigued from being compassionate all Mm -hmm. the time. We're not saying that, you know, you need to do anything differently, Mm -hmm. but just label it and put a name on it and just say, Hey, yes, this, how you feel is totally normal.
0: Right. And just recognizing, Oh, maybe that's why I'm extra exhausted today. Yeah. I helped like five kiddos through something kind of tricky. Yeah.
1: I think one of the hardest things about teaching is is you're almost always on, but yep. you have to keep the perspective. You know, you don't really get to snap or you don't really get to talk back and you don't really get to have the bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, a kid is allowed to have a bad day mm-hmm. and that's developmentally appropriate because they're a kid. Right. But then you might have a coworker who snaps at you or you might have a parent who snaps at you or you might, you know, Just have a negative interaction on your way to work. Mm -hmm. And then when you arrive at your classroom door, you are expected to switch on. Yes. And I think that's one of the most difficult and undervalued and underappreciated things about teaching is, is you don't get credit for being that consistent all the Mm -hmm. time. And then as soon as you mess up a little bit, there are, there, I mean, there can be massive consequences for it. You know, there can be all sorts of broken trust. And so just playing that long game and always having to be compassionate and always having to be forward thinking and see the other person on the other side of the table. Yeah, that's super tough and no one else knows it or recognizes it other than other teachers.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, you nailed that. Like, yeah, if you're going through your own things and they could be really terrible things, you don't get to bring that to school. You know, which sometimes can be a blessing. It can shake you out of it once you start teaching, but then it can come crashing down harder when you get home. So, yeah, well said. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That that
1: just comes with maturity, too. Yeah. You know, and
0: again, self-awareness. Yeah.
1: Self-awareness. It's part of getting older and it's part of recognizing and saying, like, I can separate my teacher self from my personal self. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I can be a good teacher. And be burnt out, yep. and know that I need to do a few things differently without beating yourself up.
0: Yeah, this might sound a little hippy dippy, but I swear breath work has helped me so much. Like working with young people, working with adolescents, sometimes they do things that can be really frustrating. Even though I've been doing this for well over a decade now, sometimes they do things, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and just like being in control of my breath and. Realizing that you're breathing really shallow breaths and really quick breaths, right? That increases your heart rate and now your body thinks you're stressed. So now you've got more cortisol. Like it's all connected. So that's just like a little thing that I've become more aware of that's been super helpful.
1: Yep. I stole this one from you, but (laughs) I am doing the gratitudes in the morning actually is really, really good. Yes. And it can be gratitude for the littlest things in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, buying new coffee creamer, and it's really, really nice, and you're just appreciative of that experience. Mm-hmm. And, God, it helps. It, it does. really does. And then writing down like other things that you're excited about for the day. Like, yeah. You might be really excited about a part of your lesson. Mm-hmm. You might not necessarily be psyched to do it three or four or five times in a day. Right. But to just try to master one little exchange in a lesson, being excited and mindful of that, mm-hmm. that goes a long way.
0: Yeah. I agree. And I, for me, I feel like I'm not making the claim that grading leads to burnout. But for me, when I'm drowning with grades, that can lead me to feel more exhausted, which I think can kind of start pulling me into that, that cycle into that riptide. Um, And so I've come up with a couple, like grading hacks that I've kind of perfected over the years that I find super helpful. Um, Anytime you can do spot grading. Do it. Have blank rosters on a clipboard ready. I have one clipboard per block and they hang on my wall and I have 10 to 15 rosters on that clipboard so I can just grab the clipboard for that class. I don't even have to fuss with finding the right page and I can just fly through the room and obviously you're not going to grade an essay like this, but you can look at a thesis or you can look at a warm up or you can look at one homework question or an exit ticket and just grade it right there
1: on the spot in yep. the room with the clipboard.
0: Yep. And then for writing, um I've taught subjects where there's a lot of writing. And you hear sometimes like pick one area to give feedback. Like don't you don't grade every single thing because A that's too much time and B they can't absorb all of that feedback. So you're either grading evidence or their argument or whatever. What I really like to do is actually conference with them in class. And you need to build this into your lesson, of course, but maybe when they're actually working on that writing, you go and you sit with them and you read it out loud together side by side and you just think aloud of, okay, here are the things that I see that are really great that I want you to keep doing forever and ever. Here's the one thing I'm seeing that I'm going, ooh, kiddo, this is a red flag. And just talk to them super openly about it. It saves so much time of you reading it and trying to translate that into like a comment in the grade book that they might not even see. And I feel like they they hear it better. That's a win-win. That's been a game changer for me.
1: Yeah, instead of trying to write it all out, just bring the kid over and say, this is what's going on. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. One of the times when, yeah, grading doesn't always it's not always the thing that makes me feel burnt out. Mm -hmm. Like I get much more burnt out when, you know, you hear a snide comment or you just generally feel unappreciated, unappreciated for the effort that you put in. Right. Um, But when I see the pile of grading that I haven't touched in two days, or three uh, A week <laughs> Let's, just, like, just, two let's days. just be honest Good for A you. week, two weeks
0: <laughs> Two weeks sounds more like it
1: I know that I don't even want to start But if I just set you know the 25 minute timer And that's all that I do yeah. I'll feel way better just by getting started
0: Yeah, oh that's true Timers can be really helpful too
1: Yeah, timers The to-do list mm-hmm. Like I've realized that if I take things out of my brain Because you're a teacher People will come up to you and say Hey, have you thought about this? Have you emailed this family? Have yep. you made this new uh, event? Have you put it on the calendar? I don't always have time to do it right then and there, and I don't want to think about it, so mm-hmm. I just have this long-running notes app. Yep. And if I have thirty minutes, you know, you just open up my notes app, and then I just try and knock out a few things on it. But recognizing the small wins is, I think, what has helped me avoid that that pit of burnout that yeah. you know I had in the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I think too, another small thing, just to build off of that, that's been not small at all for me is deleting my work email from my phone. Oh, good call. I I found that I was checking it constantly. It became a compulsion. I wasn't even checking it for like, oh, this person reached out to me. No, I was just checking it. But then every time you check it, think about like kind of the mental Olympics you're doing. You know, you're anticipating what it might be and you're it was it was just not good. It was not cute. I deleted it from my phone and I have not looked back.
1: Right. Someone, someone feels like they have access to your time when you get the notification. Yeah. yeah. Turn off the notifications and even just make the email checking a little harder. Like mm. sometimes I'll just delete the Gmail app from my phone mm-hmm. and when I want to check it, you know, I have to re-download it and then re-log in. Mm-hmm. And it's a few more steps of friction that if I open up my phone and the app isn't there, I'm not going to check it.
0: Right. Like, I just bring my laptop home now and I check it once or twice in the evening. And then again, Sunday, late afternoon, evening to get ready for the week. And I feel like that's been a good boundary for me personally. If you, I would suggest trying that if you feel like that's something you do a lot. Mm-hmm. Take it off for a day or two. It you'll be okay like it's it's rare that there's gonna be a life or death email you know that you need to respond to
1: let's talk about boundaries Mm -hmm. i actually really think boundary is something that comes with maturity yeah when i was in my early 20s you know i didn't necessarily believe in the boundaries because you know you're in these high need schools yeah where like I, I, had a point of pride in working, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock into the evening, mm-hmm. and if one of my coworkers wasn't doing the same thing because they had put up a boundary, like they don't check their email after eight p.m., mm-hmm. you know, I kind of judged them. Like I thought that they were, I thought that they weren't doing enough, yeah. and that's just a lack of maturity on my end. Sure. Like they're much better long term because they do have those boundaries, right? And it's okay to be a little bit selfish sometimes. Yes. And there are for sure schools where, you know, kids have access to your cell phone. Oh, and yeah. They're allowed to text you and you're expected to be on call. Those are churn and burn schools and those are unhealthy places. And yes, even though they might do some things well, that's something that they don't do well. And, you know, there's a reason why all the people in those schools are all in their, you know, early to mid 20s.
0: And don't stay past 5 years yeah, max.
1: Don't, don't stay past yeah, a yeah. couple years max. They need to go find another school where they have that balance. Right. Boundaries are a, you know, a sign of maturity in my opinion now to be able mm. to say like, you know, I don't have my email on my phone or I love that. you know, I do take my weekends off if I can. You right. Know, sometimes when the, I can. When you can. Yeah. Sometimes the morning planning session on a Saturday or Sunday is really really nice.
0: Yes, that can help prevent Sunday scaries. I love that. And like, let's say you are in a school where you're expected to give out your cell phone, etc. You can still set your own boundaries around maybe do not disturb or even just turning your phone off sometimes. You know, you can still work with the constraints given to make yourself feel better about, you know, access and boundaries. For sure. Yeah.
1: So I mean, if you are listening to this, know that burnout's real. Mm hmm. It will happen to you. Like, it'll happen to you again. Mm-hmm. We're in a place right now where we're not currently burnt out. So we can talk about it, you know, theoretically, and we can give you strategies to help you. Yep. When we are burnt out, we're not going to remember like, oh, I need to go do some yoga. Like, I'd much rather watch, you know, an hour of TikToks. But I'm going to feel like trash <laughs> after that.
0: <laughs> and, and we will know next time. Like, it does get better uh, as you practice and as you you know, get a little bit older and have a couple more experiences like that. It it does get better. And I think you just find your own ways to, A, try and prevent it and B, get out of it quicker, right? Recognize it and get out of it quicker.
1: Right, Don't quit. Like there's all the teacher shortage right now. Mm -hmm. And first year is tough. Second year is tough. They always say third year is the one where you get your stride in. Like third year is better but you learn to mature and you right. learn to take a few things off your plate.
0: And I would say I, I I agree with that. Third year was good for me, but right now everything's wonky. I mean, we're still, everyone's like, oh, you know, the panini's over, et cetera. Great. That's wonderful. And also <laughs> teachers are still recovering from gaps, both academic and developmental. And, you know, if you're feeling like this has been a really hard year, or you shouldn't be burned out, and you are. I feel, as a teacher in my thirteenth year, looking at this, like that is very valid. Yeah, because very valid.
1: It's they ask so much. You're a teacher. You're a mental health advocate. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're their therapist, or sometimes you're the extra parent that they yeah, don't have.
0: Hundred percent. You
1: might be a coach on top of that, mm-hmm. like. Teachers are supposed to fill in all of these gaps that kids don't have either at home or in other areas of their life, and you can accidentally put all this pressure on yourself to have to be the one that that fills in those holes. So, and, and you and you're probably doing a really good job of that's it.
0: That's what I was just thinking, and you're probably doing it so well, even though people might might not be recognizing you for it. So if no one's told you that recently, I want to, we want to tell you that you are doing a way better job than you're giving yourself credit for. And thank you for everything you're doing. And we see you, we hear you, and you are amazing. Yeah. Teachers really are magical. If
1: you are listening to our nerdy teacher podcast right now about <laughs> burnout, you're doing pretty good.
0: That's, that's a good point. If you've listened this far, it's a good sign that you are a devoted teacher nerd. You are our people and we love you for it.
1: <laughs> All right got anything else
0: have a wonderful rest of your day take care of yourself genuinely
1: and we will see you next time bye bye